God's design, our faith. Hello and welcome to the Ignite Youth Podcast over here at Waynefleet BIC Church. Um, we are glad that you have joined us today for this uh, for this episode. My name is Julie Adams. I'm your host, and I'm joined by Pastor Wes Hillis. Welcome, Pastor Wes. Hi. Hi, glad to be uh, continuing on in this series. Yeah. Uh, we took a break last week, and if you didn't catch last week's episode, it was a pretty cool episode. We talked about the authenticity of scripture. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I found that really interesting. That was a good, yeah, we, was a good we, one. Yeah, we packed a lot into that one. And uh, it's actually one of our shorter ones, I feel like, but we packed a lot into it. Yeah, we did. It was <laughs> a lot of meat and potatoes there. Yeah, that is for sure. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, we're talking about um, our faith and kind of continuing this series of God's design, which we've had going for a little while now, I guess, yeah. since uh, I think the beginning of school we've had this going. Yep. Um, this feels like a, a almost like a back to basics uh, series. A bit, I think. Um, yeah, I've been enjoying like just you know like a fundamental like a yeah. good view that way. Yeah, it's been great. Yeah. So um, you know, we're talking about our faith, kind of God's design for that, and um, no, it's a subject. Um, I think we focus like it's subconsciously. I think we focus on it a lot, but yep. I don't think we actually like dive, dive into you know what is mm-hmm. actually God's design for our faith. What is what is God? What are we meant to be like in our faith? Because I, I think we just kind of say we should believe in God. That's our faith. We should have faith in God. Yeah, but I think there's more to it. I I agree, but that's usually how it's yeah, kind it's of yeah. Usually approached. how it's approached yeah. and how it's said. And so um, we're actually gonna be diving into kind of a little bit of the life of David. Mm-hmm. Um, and looking at some passages, and we're also going to look at some of the New Testament as well. So a lot of what we're going to be looking at is in the Psalms. The Psalms are just a fantastic, fantastic book in Scripture, which I think everyone can relate to something in it because mm-hmm. it's there's lament in it. Yeah. And, you know, I find when people think of Scripture and um, the Psalms, I find a lot of people think, like, oh, it's happy, it's melody, it's, it's great, peaceful. it's peaceful. Yeah. It's not uh, all no there is anger and pain and turmoil and frustration and confusion and a lot of it like 72 of the of the chapters and psalms are written by david i went through a lot yeah that's a lot because there's a hundred and how many 40 something 50 something 150 psalms yeah and like david went through a lot and wrote a lot and he really put his heart on paper and just kind of We'll, we'll, we'll read through some of it, yeah. but yeah. Um, so a little bit of backstory to David. So David was the youngest of his family. Um, he was a shepherd. Um, at a young age, he was told by a prophet that God had chosen him. Mm-hmm. Um, so already, I just want us to kind of imagine how David would have been feeling at this young age, like eight years old. Yeah. Oh, God has chosen you to lead Israel. <laughs> well, that's no pressure at all. No, right? Not at all. Um, and... Like, he would have had a lot of fears to this, but I think that what we see is that fear and anxiety actually follow David through his life. Mm-hmm. I think that's something similar to us today. We have a lot of fear and anxiety that follow us, follows us, right? Yeah, I think, uh, I and I've heard it said before, that David likely struggled with a lot of, like, mental health oh, and a lot of doubt and a lot of, like, you know. I think David is one of the most relatable people we have in Scripture. Yeah. The life that David lived, I think a lot of us can relate to it. Like, we... Especially in our Western society, we live in luxury the way David would have. Yeah. We, you know, talk about relationships, different things like that. Similarly, kind of how David talks about them. Yeah. And I think that, you know, we go through a lot of pain and struggle and mental health issues, especially in our world today. 
David was right in the middle of that. Yeah. And I think that's something where we can really relate to him. Um, but yeah, so David, um, you know, through his actions and through his life, fear and this anxiety followed him. Mm-hmm. And if you look at um, his relationship with Saul, especially during these times, um, so Saul was the king of Israel who actually hunted David for years and years. Yeah. Yet, we find David choosing peace mm-hmm. and turning to God over and over and over again. It's not an easy thing to do, and that's why I think David is, David is a character we can really look at and be like, okay, how, what did he do that was so different? Because mm-hmm. he's, he's a very different character than most that we see in Scripture. Yeah. One that keeps turning to God and keeps doing this. Because David was many things. He was a king. He was a shepherd. He um, was a warrior. Mm-hmm. And he was a poet as well. Yeah. He was someone who was artistic in that sense and really wrote passionately about God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we're considering God's design for ourselves, I really want to look at the life of David because I think it gives us a good insight to that. Yeah. So we're actually going to read, well, Julie's going to read yeah. Psalm 25. All right. In you, Lord my God, I put my trust. I trust in you. Do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame, but shame will come to those who are treacherous without cause. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Remember, Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me, for you, Lord, are good. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in his ways. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful toward those who keep the demands of his covenant. For the sake of your name, Lord, forgive my iniquity, though it is great. Who then are those who fear the Lord? He will instruct them in the ways they should choose. They will spend their days in prosperity, and their descendants will inherit the land. The Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. My eyes are ever on the Lord, for only he will release my feet from the the snare. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. Relieve the troubles of my heart and free me from my anguish. Look on my affliction and my distress and take away all my sins. See how numerous are my enemies and how fiercely they hate me. Guard my life and rescue me. Do not let me be put to shame, for I take refuge in you. May integrity and uprightness protect me, because my hope, Lord, is in you. Deliver Israel, O God, from all their troubles. So that's a long passage. Yeah, it was. yeah, you did a great job. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> um, but I think there's something really interesting that we see in this, and this is kind of I think we see David in a really good light with God at this point in his life. Mm-hmm. We see him kind of in a way where he's really turning to God, and he's really you know saying, "God, you are you are great, and you're wonderful. You teach, and you nurture, and you you guide those, and mm-hmm. saying all these things." And he's, he's, you know, there is a prayer in there because he was king of Israel and he is, you know, asking for help and that his enemies um, can help be defeated and all these things. But this is this is showing David and God in a really good light. 
because mm-hmm. it is a relationship. And yeah. you know, David is kind of in this place where he's like, God, you are good, and you are you are teaching, you are humbling us, and you know, living mm-hmm. to um, to love you and like please remember us because God, we we just love you so much. Yeah, we read that in what David is singing, and um, I think it's really incredible when we look at a different passage. Mm-hmm. So this is Psalm twenty-two. So this is this. Uh, so Psalm twenty-two is actually a psalm that's really close to my heart. Mm-hmm. So I actually read this psalm over and over and over again, especially when I was struggling with my mental health, because I felt very close to David in this. Mm-hmm. I felt very yeah. similar because I was like, "Oh, there's just no point to things anymore." But this really, um, really helped me realize I was not alone in this. Mm-hmm. Um, as someone else who has dealt with this has interacted with God. So this is Psalm twenty-two, and it says. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? So far from my cries of anguish. My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. In your ancestors put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried out and were saved. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am worn and not a man, scorned by everyone, despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They hurl insult, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord, they say. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him. You brought me out of the womb. You made me trust in you. Even at my mother's breast from birth, I was cast onto you. Um, I was cast onto you. From my mother's womb, you have been my God. Do not... Do not be far from me, for trouble is near, and there is no one to help. Many bulls surround me, strong bulls of passion encircle me, roaring lions that tear their prey open, their mouths wide against me. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to wax, it has melted within me. My mouth is dried up like a, like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. Dogs surround me. A pack of villains encircles me. They pierce my hands and my feet. All my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. But you, Lord, do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life, from the power of the dogs. Rescue me from the mouth of the lion. Save me from the horns of the wild ox. I will declare your name to my people in the assembly. I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him, revere him. All you descendants of Israel, for he has not despised or scorned the suffering or the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but listened to his cry for help. From you comes a theme of my praise in the great assembly. Before those who fear you, I will fulfill my vows. The poor will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek the Lord will praise him. May your heart live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families of the nations will bow down before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord, and he will rule over the nations. All the rich of the earth will feast and worship. All those... All who go down to the dust will kneel before him. Those who cannot keep themselves alive, um, posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness, declaring to a people yet unborn, he has done it. That is a crazy 
few verses and there's a lot of connection points in there that are just like wow it's a bit of a roller coaster oh yeah if we're if we're to uh, we're going to section this up i hope so because <laughs> it feels like it's saying like very different things throughout it mm-hmm, right like so the david, beginning is like oh what david is writing here is not only how he's feeling but a story mm-hmm. so david is actually writing the story of israel through this if we actually look at this this is the story of israel where they feel forgotten, forsaken, that God's not yeah. with them, that they feel encircled and in pain and so much just pain. I think that's something we can really relate to with David is this is something I relate to with David, and that's why the first part of Psalm 22 I related so much, and it was, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Yeah. That's a huge thing where, you know, where it's like God has completely turned himself from you. Yeah. It's a, it's a feeling I think we all have. It's sweet. David is having this, but also Israel is having this feeling. Yeah. And so they turn, God has turned away, obviously. He has forsaken us. This is terrible. This is awful. What do we do? But if we actually slow down, if we look at the end of mm-hmm. the psalm, they will proclaim, proclaim his righteousness, declaring to all the people yet unborn, he has done it. That God is not someone who abandons us, but rather mm-hmm. is with us in our faith always. Yeah. If we are to look at um, kind of the second part, and that's kind of like around verse like 9, 10. Mm-hmm. David is actually talking about how even from birth, God was with him. Yeah. That even from birth, to know that God knew us, nurtured us, cared for us, mm-hmm. sought over and protected us, that he was not far from us ever. I think that's something crazy to think about in our world today because, you know, when we think about, you know, being a Christian and all these things, we say for, for, for many people, it's like, oh, you have to say a certain thing to be a Christian or you have to yeah. do a certain thing to be a Christian or you have to do all these things. The fact is, I sometimes laugh and I wonder how much of God is like looking down at us and just being like, if you only knew. Yeah. If you only knew <laughs> that well, I nurture every single person on this earth. We've made up a lot of rules that we think are, you know, um, necessary yeah. in order to have a relationship with God. Yeah. And I think that, like, we, we've constantly done that and we've hurt people and we've scattered people and we've pushed people away from God who really, yeah. you know, God's like, no, bring them closer, bring them in. Yeah. And I think we see that. The fact that he has known all of us individually in our mother's wombs. Mm-hmm. And like before I even, so I think about that even as a lady having had children, like we didn't find out if we were having boys or girls but before. God knew. I know. And but so it's like crazy to think of like, like to reflect back on being pregnant and being like, I had no idea that who was in there, but God did. God knew. That's like fascinating. Them. Yeah. Right? Like that's mm-hmm. insane. And that's the that's the fact of God is that He is with us in that always. Yeah. That our faith. I, I love this. I I don't know who said it, but it's like the fact is when we consider life and faith, they are not a separate thing, but a thing that coincides together, mm. almost like um, a string. Like I don't know. you know, when you take two strings and you just kind of move them between your fingers. Yeah. And they get intertwined and intertwined, almost to the point where you can't pull them apart. Yeah. That is faith and life. Mm, yeah, it's it's a it's one thing. It's not two. They're inseparable. They're inseparable. Mm-hmm. And I, I find that the fact is we know that from God right away. Um, that we hear about that. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna go to the third point. And it's, oh, ho, ho. <laughs> okay, I'm ready <laughs> for it. This. Sit down, everybody. <laughs> I want you to 
reread for me um, verse 16. Psalm 22, verse 16. It says, Dogs surround me. A pack of villains encircles me. They pierce my hands and my feet. Whose hands and feet get uh-huh. pierced? Jesus. Jesus. That stood out at me when you read it, too. David is actually writing with Jesus. Crazy. Right? That's insane. The mm-hmm. fact is that Jesus did have his, his hands pierced and his feet pierced. All of his bones were on display. People stare mm-hmm. and gloat. They divide his clothes among them in the cast lots for his garment. One, that's just prophecy being fulfilled that we see later yeah. in scripture, well, which even, is insane. Even before that, a pack of villains um, encircle me. Yep. And my mouth is dried up. Yep. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. Jesus was like that. And they gave him vinegar on the cross, yep. right? Like a, a sponge with yeah. crazy. The thing is, we can feel like this in our life constantly. Mm-hmm. So especially if we look out in our world today, we feel this sense of like, we're encircled. We're we're so pushed down. We're so like people hate us. People hate me. People hate like everything I do or everything. We feel like this, mm-hmm. almost like they are piercing our hands and our feet to the point where we can't talk. We can't do things. We can't show who we are as people. Yeah. The fact is, Jesus has already gone on the cross and already done this and yeah. has like given everything for us. And it's an incredible thing to know that the same God that was with David with us today i know the same god that has known us intimately from the beginning of time is still with us today the fact mm-hmm. is jesus is with us today and i think those those two passages are really important and um because i think we can really learn from david what what his faith was with god mm-hmm. it's a roller coaster yeah faith isn't this and i'm not going to sugarcoat it for anyone faith isn't this thing where it's nice and easy and it's great mm-hmm it can be hard. It yeah. can be difficult. Yeah. Um, because faith is something that takes time, just as life does. Because mm-hmm. it's it's one thing together. Yeah. I think that all people, even those who I know, shout against God and say, no, 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 it's not <laughs> real, not like any of this. Their faith and their life are intertwined together. Yeah. It's a thing together. It's one solid thing. You don't have life and then faith, but rather it's faith coinciding with life as a single thing. Yep. Um, you know, we already believe in the Trinity, which is three and one. Yep. It's easy to believe in faith and life as being two and one. Yeah. And mm. <laughs> yeah. So we've looked at David. We've kind of looked at what he said, but I want to look at Jesus as well as what he does. Mm-hmm. This is Luke 22. I believe this is Luke 22. I really forgot to put in my notes what chapter this is from, but I believe it's Luke 22. Look it up, and if he's wrong, oh, please send let me him know. an email. Let me know. Let me know. <laughs> I'm going to be so sad if it's wrong. <laughs> I believe this is Luke 22, and this is verse 39. And it says, Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the, the place, he said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone throw away from them, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup away from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. And what we see in in this passage of Jesus, he was in anguish. Yeah. Some pain. He's in suffering. He was distraught. He just mm-hmm. found out that he's going to be dying. 
And look, this is the reaching the end of Jesus' human life, and we see that, you know. Not just dying. He didn't just He didn't just he die. didn't pass away. He no. didn't like go to sleep and just not wake up. No. He was like tortured and he was tortured. It was brutal. Beaten. You know, he had a crown of thorns put on his head. I know we don't really think about that much, but like that's painful. Yeah. He was he stabbed was... in the side. He had to carry his own cross after he was whipped. Like Yeah, we can look at literally what Psalm twenty two says. Yeah. They pierced his hands and his feet. They laid all of his bones out for those to see. And he was mocked. He was treated as dirt. Mm-hmm. And like still, like still went up there. Still did it. Mm-hmm. Even when this group of people came for him, led by Judas, that brought them over. And when Peter reacted in a way which went to protect him, he said, mm-hmm. "No, no." And I. <laughs> but the fact is is that we can learn so much from this it's even in Jesus' darkest and hardest time probably in his life to this point he still turns to God yeah and he still turns to God and says you know not my will but let yours be done yeah. what needs to happen let that happen and I think that's an incredible incredible thing we can listen to today is the fact that the fact that God has known us, the fact that God has known us the moment from conception, the moment that we enter our mother's womb, the moment from literally saying in the beginning mm-hmm. that his will is the best. Yeah. Even in our pain and our suffering, he's still there with us. It's not like he backs away from us. And the fact is, is that Faith and life are so intertwined that they are mm-hmm. one thing, like we've been saying, that our faith is meant to be lived out. Mm-hmm. It's meant to be an active, living, breathing thing. Something I find really interesting, when we talked, we talked last week about it, of authenticity of scripture, and it was um, God-breathed. Mm-hmm. We talked about this, about God-breathing life, not mm-hmm. only into Adam, but into... Um, no, into uh, scripture. Mm-hmm. When um, a baby is born, mm-hmm. what is the first thing that kind of happens? <laughs> they kind of take it this cries. Huge, it cries. takes a big breath huge and it cries. Breath in. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because they've only ever had water in their lungs before that. They were in, you know, this little amniotic fluid sac yeah. floating around, and uh, then they're yeah out. They come this and huge breath. Yeah, they do. Right. I find I find there's a beauty in that the fact that life was breathed into Adam, breathed into Scripture. We see when babies are born, this huge breath they take in. Yeah, I think that's just a perfect harmony yeah. through that. <laughs> and I just think that you know the fact that we have life breathed into us, mm-hmm. God breathes that into all of us. And I think that's just an incredible thing. And I just our faith is meant to be something that's lived out. It's meant to be something that is active, living, breathing. Our faith is not meant to be alone. Mm-mm. That we're meant to be partnering God with it. Yeah. Because our faith is our life. Yeah. Hmm. And as you know, we're finishing finishing up here. I think there's something really important is looking back to what Jesus is doing. He's turning to God even in anguish. Yeah. Even in fear. This pure fear. Yeah. It says his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Like... 
if Jesus is meant to be our true north on our compass of life, mm-hmm. then I think the to be like him to turn to god for strength even in our anguish even in our pain and our suffering yeah god's design for our faith is one that is living mm-hmm. it's one that is passionate it's one that wants us to even know it's a roller coaster of up and downs to know that he's always with us thank you pastor west yeah i love that visual of our faith and our life being intertwined that's really beautiful um if you'd like to get in touch with Pastor Wes, if this has left you with um, more questions than answers, he would love to hear from you. You can reach him at Wes at WayneFleetBIC.com and my email address is Julie at WayneFleetBIC.com. So thank you so much for tuning in this week and uh, we look forward to connecting with you again next week. Have a great week. Bye.